Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. <laughs> Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to welcome you all back to uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the show. We were on long hiatus. We've done a couple of shows uh, in recent weeks. I, I hope you'll, if you haven't listened to them, you go back and listen to the archive show. The archives are being played all around the world 24 seven. Uh, there's over 400, probably 500 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise with you. All you have to do is go click on the links, go to iTunes, you can get it as a podcast, blog talk radio, Rex Sykes Movie Beat at my page. The official URL is rexsikes.com. That's uh, the official website for Rex Sykes Movie Beat. There's also a new blog at RexSykesMovieBeat.me. There's a little bit of a joke in that, but RexSykesMovieBeat.me. And there's a blog there, and you can find links to shows and, and all sorts of things um, while we get our new website. Uh, the new website is under construction. Let me tell you that my guest today is Mr. Ian Teal. Ian is a filmmaker, and uh He's a director. He's the director of a film called Mint Julep. And uh, he is uh, the director of the Wyoiga International Film Festival, along with Kathy Fell. Both of them are, are filmmakers. They, they co-produce the movie uh, Mint Julep. And, uh, and they co-produce uh, a very marvelous film festival in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of it's Wyoiga, Wisconsin. It's about 30 minutes west of Appleton, Wisconsin, off of Highway 10. And they, they purchased... Uh, uh, an opera house and it takes place November 11th through the 14th. I'm going to have Ian tell you about that, but we're going to talk movies. We're going to talk about festival responsibilities and how you can put on a festival. And we'll talk with Ian about the festival in just a second. I, w- I first want to say, if you're listening live or archive, please spread the word. All of our professional filmmakers and uh, guests share their expertise, their know-how, their experience, their secrets, their tips, their advice, their suggestions, to benefit you, the listener, um, and me, uh, as filmmakers, as actors, as screenwriters, as directors, as editors, cinematographers, and you name it, um, they give of themselves so that that you can um, pursue the career that you want to pursue and have the information you need that, to to be able to do that. And uh, in exchange, all we ask is that you spread the word that you uh, put it on your Facebook page or you tweet about it or you use social media means or you email others or tell them about it in person to spread the word about the show so that others can find out about it. If you're listening to this live right now, please tweet about it, you know, stick it out there so that others can join us live. If you're listening archive, then tweet about it too, because they can always listen to the archive shows using the very same link you use to listen live. Plus, when you listen live, the chat room is open. That's the only 
uh, thing that's not available to uh, archive listeners. All right, so let me tell you a little bit uh, about the festival. Um, this year's festival is presented by Wega Arts, and it'll be screening 43 films representing 17 different countries. Many of the films were either made in Wisconsin or have uh, Wisconsin connections. This year, Friday at the festival happens to fall on the 13th of the month. So uh, they've taken that opportunity to screen horror films. Now, if you're a fan of horror, you're going to want to be at the Wyoming Film Festival. And uh, we'll talk to Ian about that. There's also a filmmaker panel on Saturday. And uh, and, a, and a, that's a really great film. Some films um, I've heard about that I really, really want to see. So I'll tell you what, without any further ado, we're going to bring Ian on. And, uh, and he can talk. Ian, are you there? How are you? I'm here. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. I'm good. And uh, uh, I'm excited. This is the what year of the of the Wyoming fifth. Film Fest? The fifth, fifth year. year. That is awesome. How has the festival changed? Let me ask you that since the first year of the festival. Well, I, I would think that the biggest change is uh, probably uh, each year we get more and more movies submitted. And this year we had uh, twice as many movies as last year. So um, I hope it's not the case next year because it's impossible to watch them all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, it's it's the 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 quality and the uh, range of movies we get each year has gotten uh, better and better, and this year, um, you know, it was great. I mean, it took us a long time to screen all the films, but we have uh, you know one good film after another, and uh, I, you know, um, I would say that that's probably the biggest change. Just you know, we're 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 sort of getting known out there. As you mentioned, we are kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's we considered a destination festival. Um, you know, come to the come to the Gerald, spend four days, watch movies continuously, and uh, we'll keep you entertained. And and uh, we also serve food and such. So, no reason to leave. No, and that and that is very true. I mean, you are kind of a one stop shop. You're you're contained at the Opera House where the movies are are being screened. You do have food. There's and there's restaurants across the street. You know, places that they can grab or down the street, and they can grab food. Um, so it makes it really easy once you get there to uh, enjoy the festival. You don't have to move. You don't have to really go anywhere at all, except to go to bed at night or to the bathroom. Right. right. Or, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if, uh, and there are, if, you, if you're traveling, there are, there are places to stay. Wapaka has several hotels and uh, bed and breakfasts. And that's just, that's five minutes away. And that's uh, generally where we put up our visiting filmmakers. And Appleton is about a 25 minute drive as well. So, Lots of it, lots of places nearby. It is in the middle of nowhere, but it absolutely is a, a destination spot for filmmakers, and you get filmmakers from around the world. I mean, I remember uh, a year or two ago there were people from Japan and Alaska and different places. That, you know, I mean, um, right? Uh, yeah, I think this year we have a young gentleman coming from uh, England, um, and. I think he's the I think he's the only person coming from overseas. But then we have um, a lot of Wisconsin filmmakers and some other filmmakers from from around the country will be visiting. Now, um, I, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Well, no, that that that's go ahead. I was just going to say uh, two things. One is, um, I mean, you're you are a film festival in Wisconsin, but 
I don't know if it's fair to say that you feature Wisconsin filmmakers or you don't. I mean, obviously you promote Wisconsin film and Wisconsin filmmakers, and and it's a it's a place for them to to show their works. But it's not like that's what the festival is about. This this is an international film festival. You're screening films from around the country and from around the world. Correct. I mean, I would say um, this year I haven't done a count, but I know we have probably six or seven films that have Wisconsin ties. Um, if, if not more, and generally probably half of our films are based in the United States and the other half come from around the world. Uh, I think this year we're representing 17 different countries. And, you know, that's a nice thing of it. You can, these are films that, you know, I mean, that's generally true with most film festivals. The films you see at a film festival are not films you're going to see anywhere else unless it's somewhere like Sundance or something like that where these films are going to go on and get distribution. Um, but, you know, these are usually very uh, well-made, uh, labors of love, um, you know, uh, telling a good story with, um, you know, very low budgets, but yet, you know, very entertaining and engaging. And that's, you know, what we like to represent is, you know, the the young filmmakers, uh, you know, putting their heart and soul into something. And um, we're here to, you know, show it to the world. That's 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 very cool. Now, the other thing is, is you do get filmmakers. I mean, you have fans, obviously, but you, you, I mean, I remember last year, you had a lot of filmmakers, a lot of cast and crew members show up from, from the film. So, I mean, for, for the film. So it's also a, a wonderful place for filmmakers to network. Right, right. Definitely. Um, Friday is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Friday just happened to fall on Friday the 13th. And I noticed, I think, like back in August when we're going through submissions, well, we have a lot of, you know, pretty good horror films and some thrillers here. So um, let's see, we can't just fill up, you know, Friday with horror films and thrillers. And we were able to do that. And um, several of the films are um, Wisconsin-based films. For instance, um, let me look at the schedule here, but we're showing... Dismember, <clears throat> excuse me, Dismembering Christmas, which is uh, from um, the guys from Slasher Films based out of Appleton, Steve Goltz and Kevin Sommerfeld. This is their, I think, their second feature. And um, this is, you know, their their genre, the, the slasher film is styled Halloween and, you know, um, Friday the 13th. Uh, their new one is Dismembering Christmas. And it's, it's if you like that uh, slasher film, well, this this one is pretty fun and entertaining and it has a lot of uh, very clever uh, clever killings uh, with a with a holiday theme. I guess is the way you could put it. But it um, it's a, it's a fun little scary uh, slasher film they put together. And the filmmakers, as well as some of the cast and crew, will be here on Friday. And also on Friday, we are showing um, at I think five fifteen a movie called The Scarapist, which is uh, directed by uh, Jean Marie Spacuza. And she is uh, a Milwaukee filmmaker, and this film was was uh, made in Milwaukee with um, a lot of uh, local Milwaukee talent. And this uh, is more of a thriller genre. It's about a, a woman who's having some issues, and she goes to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist, uh, or, or therapist, rather, and the therapist is a bit twisted and uh, takes, starts taking advantage of uh, her uh, of her patient and uh, leads to some pretty interesting results. And... Uh, um, I know that some of the uh, actors and filmmakers will be here for that film. And the other Wisconsin film we were showing on Friday is Haunted State. 
which is a film about uh, it's a documentary about uh, several locations around the state that um, are, are reported to be haunted. So they went with their ghost hunting equipment and such, and um, hung out in these places to see if they could find some ghosts. And one of the uh, one of the places is uh, the Stone Cellar Brew Pub, Pub, excuse me, Stone Cellar Brew Pub in Appleton, and uh, which is right near here. And they also visited the Pabst Mansion in Milwaukee and some other locations in Wisconsin Rapids and Merrill. And that is, that is showing at 3.30 on Friday, and I, I believe the filmmakers will be here for that. And um, then we have a whole bunch of uh, great short little scary films. And then later, let's see, at 7 p.m., we're showing a film called In the Dark, which is sort of a new take on the... Uh, demonic possession sort of, you know, in the style of exorcist. And this is an interesting film made by a New York filmmaker that features a primarily female cast. Um, and it's pretty, pretty creepy and pretty spooky film. And that's again at seven on Friday. And then our late night film at 1030 is Luciferous, which is another sort of demonic possession. It's basically about a family. And the interesting thing about that movie is it's a husband and wife and a daughter in the film but in real life, this is a real husband and wife and daughter uh, who portray this family in the film. And this film is being tormented by um, an unseen entity. And it's quite creepy and very original, very original story uh, with, a, with a, a, a very unexpected ending. And this is uh, made by a Toronto couple out of Toronto, Canada. And that, again, so basically all day, if, if you like horrors and uh, thriller movies, this is... Uh, come spend the whole day. There's great films all day for, on Friday the 13th. Well, let's talk about what an incredible deal it is to attend the entire festival, let alone a day or a particular film. Well, a uh, festival pass is $30, and that gets you in all four days, uh, as many films as you want. Or um, rather than selling uh, tickets for individual films, we sell a day pass. So for 12 bucks. Uh, you can come and watch either one film or stay for the whole day. So, for instance, on Friday, I think we're probably showing a dozen films on Friday between the shorts and the features. Uh, you can watch all those movies for 12 bucks. So that's like a dollar a movie. Um, same thing on Saturday. We're showing Saturday. We're showing films all day from 12, and in the morning we're having a, a seminar at 10 a.m. and the ticket price includes the seminar. So. Um, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, making this is a destination festival. We want you to come, spend the day, see a lot of films, talk about the movies, you know, and, and have a good time and, and visit with other filmmakers and, and fans of films. You absolutely cannot beat the cost. And, yeah, if we, anybody, we, we, and if anybody loves movies and they're going, I can't afford to go to the, the regular cinema because it's 10 or $12 to see a movie, for $30 you can spend four days seeing – 43 different movies. I mean, that is, that is, I think the best bargain I've ever heard of. I, I <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. And, and we do have people that are there every, every single day. Granted, they may not watch every movie, but, but they're there every day. And, um, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we have our regular fans now and we have people who look for it every year when they buy, they've already, we already sold a bunch of festival passes. And these people show up for the first movie, and they're there for the last movie. And um, it's great to see see their faces back every year. And and we should say that it's in the Gerald Opera House, and you do have a a, a concession stand and a ticket booth. I mean, it, it is the 
like going to the movies. Yeah, the the Gerald Opera House. It's actually uh, was built in 1915, and it's it's uh, this year would be its 100th year anniversary. And it is an old opera house that was originally built for vaudeville. It has a stage and such, but we do have, uh, you know, a full movie screen and um, great projection. We actually have excellent 35-millimeter projection, but unfortunately we don't get too many films on 35-millimeter anymore, so we now have uh, excellent digital projection. But, it, you know, it's it's an old uh, – it has that charm. It's You know, it's this, this old uh, charming building that has really been untouched. It has a balcony. Uh, we have a, a little bar in the back. We have a full full service bar. Um, we have the filmmakers lounge, which is our art gallery, which is out in front where people can hang out between films. Um, um, it's it's really a charming, neat old place. And it is. It's 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 uh again, it's part of the destination. You know, come spend the day at the Gerald or spend the week at the Gerald. It's, it's very true. It's, it's charming. It's wonderful. You and Kathy are gracious hosts. Everybody on your staff is marvelous. It's always a great time. Let me let me interrupt my own train of thought and whatever you were going to say to say. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you an idea here. Whether you pursue it or not, contact Quentin Tarantino. You have an opera oh. house with 35 millimeter projection, and he is a huge advocate. He's got the Beverly Cinema in in Los Angeles for yep. screening 35 millimeter prints. Yeah, and I read and I read that he has a huge collection. He's buying up he all does. the 35 millimeter prints. He does. Um, I've actually considered that in the past. I'm not quite sure how we would reach out to him, but but it, you know, that, that's if, if anybody knows him. That's the, well. That's the least of your worries. Getting in touch with Tarantino is no issue. The the point is is that you've got a a, a great place and a and a great system for screening stuff that that most people don't even get to see anymore. Mm-hmm. I went I went to the Beverly to watch the Django Unchained in 35 millimeter when he was screening it that way. It's it's a different experience. Totally, and and that's you know one frustration I have with going to movies at the big cineplexes and especially on the IMAX films is that they're they're projecting uh this digital image on a huge screen and frankly they're just they're not projecting it bright enough um right. and and so it, it it's frustrating you're seeing sort of a dimly lit movie that and that is not the way it was meant to be um yeah. it's, it's certainly not the same experience as watching a movie on film no and in 2007 I was the host of a Horror Film Festival here in Wisconsin. Uh, Uva Bull, a friend, sent a 35 millimeter print of, um, of movies at that time, and they just had no way to screen them. I mean, we were looking to see if we could get one of the cinemas to to uh, you know rent a, a theater at that time, because here we had these marvelous prints and nowhere to screen them because the venue was all digital by that time. So you you you've got a great place for um, screening routinely screening right. 35 millimeter right. movies. Anyway, let's let's go back to some of the movies. Um one of the movies that I did not see, it was at a recent festival that I was at. I desperately wanted to see it and it came down to a choice between going with my friends to see this movie I wanted to see or going and seeing a movie of an actor who I uh, a movie that I produced that he was in and who's a friend of mine and and I opted to go see my friend uh the actor and watch his movie, and I'm glad that I did. But I was I was so sad that I missed Embers. And you have two screenings of Embers. Uh, I, I hear it's outstanding. I and I and I I don't know that much about it other than what I've read about it. 
Well, Embers is um uh yeah, it's a, it's a unique film because it's you know it's a post-apocalyptic type of film where basically the situation is uh, there was some neuro neurological disease that have, that has spread across the world and it's pretty much erased everybody's memories. So people wake up each day not knowing who they are. Um, and so they sort of piece things together, and then the next morning they start all over again. Sort of, uh, I guess you could sort of say, you know, like Groundhog Day. But um, And basically, you know, it asks, asks the question, what is humanity without memory? You know, it's, it's, it's uh, very, very well done. It's a beautifully shot film. And, you know, people think, oh, post, post-apocalyptic movies, oh, there's going to be zombies running around, there's going to be marauders running around. But this film sort of does a twist on that. And uh, it, it's, it's a unique story, very well done, uh, has some very touching scenes. And um, it, it's definitely, uh, uh, definitely, I would say, one of our must-see must films of the festival. And that's why we went ahead and screened it twice. It'll be our opening night film. Um uh Wednesday, November eleventh, and let's see what time we have that at. Um uh, what time is that? It, I think it's at seven. By the way, I'm gonna tell but I'm gonna tell readers or I'm sorry. Seven thirty. I'm sorry, seven thirty on Wednesday, November eleventh. And then we're screening it again on Saturday at two fifteen in the afternoon. Awesome. I'm going to tell uh, readers, I I was remiss in this, I'm sorry, listeners, that they can read about the festival, both, you've got a, a Facebook page, Why We International Film Festival, uh, on, on Facebook, and then I also, if I if memory serves me right, I believe I, I reproduced your schedule at one of the blog sites of mine, so I'm going to check that now. Sure, people could also go to our website. Right. Uh, org, W-E-G-A-A-R-T-S dot org, and click on the uh, film festival link, and there you'll see the full schedule, and then um, click on each film, and then you'll see a whole list of uh, descriptions and synopsis for each film. Right. I and do not I do not have the full festival. At dot me. there is the article about the festival coming up, um, uh, but it, it contains the highlights of the festival. Also, another, oh, this is so cool. I just yesterday, I teach at UWM, and I said, you know, I was at this other festival, and the one movie that I missed was the movie on Wisconsin Supper Clubs. And um, the secretary of the department said, oh, because of that movie, we went to Beloit, and we tried this supper club. And I am so happy now that you are, uh, I forgot that you're screening this, so now I have an opportunity to see that movie too. Right. This is a this is a film that um, played at the uh, film festival in Madison, uh, the Wisconsin Film Festival. And my sister uh, lives down there, and she is a she's a big fan of uh, brandy old fashions. Uh, and so she thought, well, I have to see this movie. So she saw it and gave me a good recommendation. So I reached out to the filmmaker, and uh, we screened the film, and we are. Um, the filmmaker um, Holly De Reuter, um, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but Holly and her husband will be here for the screening at six o'clock on Saturday, and uh, it's a neat little movie. It's about an hour long, and basically they take oh half a dozen different supper clubs and and sort of tell the story of how you know Wisconsin supper clubs came about and why they're still so popular. Um, 
and we will be uh, featuring at the bar, of course, old fashions. So it's, uh, <laughs> we also need well, to, we you also know, you can get right into the mood. <laughs> we also need to say that in the ticket price, according to your own press, it says it includes a large free popcorn if they buy a festival pass. If they buy a festival pass, correct. So I mean, hey, uh, thirty dollars for movies, a large popcorn, old fashions, or whatever you choose to drink, and food, and forty-three different movies. Uh, wow, I mean, it, right? The, the wow. food, food and drinks are extra, but they're they're for, they're very <laughs> they're, they're, they're yeah, to okay. be bought. And, right. I'm glad you pointed that out because I didn't mean to mislead. The food yeah. and drink are extra. Yes. So, but 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 for thirty dollars, you get to see all these movies. That is truly. Yep. Truly awesome. Let me just check. Yeah, and, something. We, and we do, we do have, uh, we do have fresh popcorn. Uh, I have a great popcorn maker, so we keep that going. And, and uh, of course, you know the various uh, milk duds and all those sort of things in our concession stand. Um, as well as we generally have uh, some sort of sandwich and soup, and uh, we'll have a vegetarian uh, offering as well for those uh, uh, vegetarians who come to visit. That's very, very cool. Very, very cool. Let me um, kind of turn the tides here. I mean, we're, we'll come back and talk more about the movies because you'll have short films and you'll have do- more documentaries and narratives and different kinds of films, you know, that make the film festival. But let's talk a little bit. I mean, you and Kathy have been putting this on now for five years. Um, you came, you know, you, you both have relocated from New York. You're both filmmakers. You put on the festival. What have you learned in the five years about putting on film festivals that would be useful advice to those. I just met with somebody um, a month ago or so, and and they said, well, you know, I'm thinking of putting on a, on a festival. And I said, well, this is the date you should do it. I'd leave that particularly. But they, they wanted to put on a genre-based film festival, and, um, and certainly they would benefit from listening to people who are experienced in putting festivals on and, and in one in programming and in organizing, you know, groups of people and there's being seen and there's, you know, what happens the days of. And so there's a lot that goes into producing a live event like this. Right. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing is you learn is it takes a lot more time than you, than you think. Um, like for instance, this year, I think we screened over 250 movies and just imagine how many hours that is. Um, right. You know, uh, so, uh, you need to set that time aside. And um, uh, one thing I've, uh, I I regret is I probably keep my submissions a little too longer than I should. I should probably cut it off a little sooner so I'm not in quite the rush to get everything t- together. Um, so make sure, you know, you cut off your films and then give you, give yourself time to organize and get everything, give, get everything ready. Most of the work is is you know in getting it ready and screening the films and getting all the media, getting all the press out and stuff. By the time you know my goal is by the time we get the film festival running, it's 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 just you know starting the films and and having a good time and watching the movies and hanging out with filmmakers. So the, the you know the main thing is to make sure you have it planned well. You know, get all your production aspects and all your marketing done uh, or planned well ahead of time, so that you know when the film festival starts, you can just enjoy it. Well, how do you um, get the word, how do you get the word out? Do you just like one day go, I'm going to do a festival, and then and, you know, and you you went to whatever you needed to do, and then just like throw it up on Facebook and hope that filmmakers see it, or well, 
Well, no, generally we use the, the two big uh, submission sites now are without a box. Right. And a new one that we started using last year is Film Freeway. Mm-hmm. And this year, Film Freeway actually surpassed our without a box submissions. And, um, it, you know, uh, I don't want to uh, take away from without a box, but I would certainly think Film Freeway is a much easier site to use both for filmmakers as well as uh, festival directors because it's a new new platform. If you If you are a filmmaker and you haven't checked it out, I would say check out Film Freeway. Um, it's much easier to use without a box. Their interface is kind of dated and they haven't really changed it over the years. And this is like, like, this is a lot of, you know, people are say similar things about without a box. And so uh, hopefully they'll make some changes to make it a little easier to to use. But so generally between without a box and film freeway, um, that's where we get most of our films. I will still go out there and what they, you know, curate some films where I'll I'll read about what what played at this festival, what played at that festival, and reach out to the filmmakers and say, hey, can I see, can you send me a screener? And usually I'll pick, usually, you know, I'll uh, find at least half a dozen or so films just that I just go out there and look for and invite to the festival. Um, So between that and and the films that you get submitted to you, you know, it does, like I say, it does, we're now in our fifth year, and I think our first year, I don't even, I think we came shy of 100 submissions, probably like 70 or 80, and this year, we, like I said, we had well over 250 submissions, so it it does yeah. take time to grow, um, but it's, um, and again, it takes a lot of time to watch movies, so, if you know, if you don't like watching movies, then don't. Don't start a film festival, but well, uh, but 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 there's another point to that in that you're you're watching movies and not all movies are worth watching. That is true, um, and you know you sort of a lot of these people are paying to submit to have your film watched. So I feel obligated, you know, I'm going to watch their movie. They paid paid us to submit their film, and so I will watch their movie. Um, Granted, you know, at a certain point you realize this is probably not for us, uh, so you may not watch the whole thing, but you want to certainly give the filmmaker the benefit of the doubt. Um, and uh, so, so and, and it's and it's a frustrating process. Like this year, I had, uh, you know, I go through and I and we we watch the films and, and we rate them. And this year, I had so many good films to choose from that, of course, I had to leave you know, quite a few off the list. Um, and so, you know, th- that's, that's frustrating, but you can only show so many movies. Um, Absolutely. And then you, cause you know, you're letting down, you, you know, you're, you're saying to somebody, well, you know, and, and I can't, I don't have the time to go back to every filmmaker and say why we didn't choose their film, but you know, you, you feel like you're letting, well, this was a good film. We should show it, but we just can't fit it in. So you feel like you're letting that person down and you don't certainly don't want to discourage them from going on and making other films, but you know, you, you got to make these tough decisions. Now, I mean, you're a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker. I mean, we hang out with filmmakers. I have heard not about your festival, but, but I've heard filmmakers complain, you know, I didn't even hear why I didn't get in. And, and you just kind of, answered that question without that question being asked and it's one that I, I think does bear pointing out especially to filmmakers it's not that the programmers or the selection committees 
or the festival itself wouldn't like to get back to you. It's just impractical to do that. Um, exactly. I mean, for instance, like I say, we had over 250 movies. I think we chose 43 movies. So basically, we would have to write 200 letters to 200 filmmakers saying, well, here's why we didn't choose your film. And it, that's just it's just not feasible. Right, um, right. Especially on our, you know, we are we we are a small festival. We run on a very limited budget, um, and I could imagine, you know, I, I would imagine Sundance probably gets thousands of submissions. Well, and I again, I can't imagine them going back and saying why why we didn't choose your film. It's just not it's just not practical. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting, I suppose, dilemma for the filmmaker because they're putting out their effort with, you know, and they're paying for it and hoping that they get in and then they don't get in. They don't know why, but you know what? All actors go on auditions and, and nine out of 10, maybe 9.9 out of 10 times, no actor ever gets the reason why they weren't called back in. They don't know exactly. why. They didn't the job. Exactly. Well, if they're lucky, they can watch the show or the movie and see what the choice was, but they still have no idea. And it's not just that it's impractical. It just, it's it's. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't get the it, word well, it's out. it's not done. It's it's not part of the. It's not something that is done in the industry generally. You know, yeah, it's like, just not a why, why did why didn't I win the Oscar? Well, because he did. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, so so. I, thank you for stepping in there while I stumbled around because it, it just is not standard practice and and right. And so with filmmakers are acting. Right, and I do have filmmakers. I do have filmmakers that email us saying, "Why didn't you know? Why didn't you get my film?" And if it's something that I can remember why, then I'll maybe shoot them a note back. But it's certainly not something that a filmmaker should expect to, to hear back. Well, I, you know, I talked. I talked to a festival programmer, and they said recently, and they said the film didn't get in. You know, and they were sorry that it didn't get in. I mean, they kind of liked it, but they they couldn't. They didn't have room for it. They, you know, that kind of thing, and something else got in. And then the filmer wrote back, swearing at them. You know, like, screw you, you didn't choose my movie. And they said, well, God, I mean, you know, we, it wasn't, I mean, we we had wanted to, it just didn't work, and now the guy's swearing at us, so. Right, me, right. Well, I get, I get emails like that where basically they're frustrated and they take it out on you, and it's like, well, okay, you know, uh, remember, remind me when you submit next year about this friendly letter <laughs> well, you sent. But well, that, yes, I mean, that that is. The, and and yeah. I, can, I can appreciate the filmmaker's frustration you know maybe this is their 10th rejection and 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 they're they get fed up and so well maybe you should you know talk to your friends and maybe get an honest review of your movie uh you know um you know it's it's a tough it's a it's a tough thing uh well but also i mean i don't know if you've encountered this but but certainly there are sometimes filmmakers walk around with blinders as do actors we don't you know, it's it's kind of like we don't notice what's going on in the world. We're so consumed with our careers and and our projects that we don't we don't see clearly. So, for example, if you were doing a an only uh, festival for light romantic comedies, and then they send you something like Hostel, you know, and and you go, well, exactly, it doesn't fit in our program, you know, and they right, you know, they they don't oftentimes don't get. Um, but but given rejection, I will say this. I recently posted to some of my websites. Uh, uh, it was a repurposed article that I don't remember if it was IndieWire or The Wrap or Actors Access or Who or Variety or whatever it was. But Mark Ruffalo, the actor from Wisconsin, by the way, 
um, saying that he was rejected 600 times before he got his first paying job as an actor. Yeah, and, and I went, yeah, that's kind pretty, of part for the standard. Course. It's standard, you know, and I mean, I, I don't know why he would count them, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But that is that well, is that, that's you know, and and uh, maybe I don't like rejection. But when when uh, Kathy and I lived in New York, uh, instead of going out on auditions, you know, we started our own theater on the Lower East Side. We we wrote our own plays and we did our own stuff. And um, when that sort of wound down, I started going out on more auditions and stuff. But it, it's a really not it's it's a really tough racket, right? And um, so, like I say, so we and now we're back here in the middle of nowhere uh, doing our own thing. And uh, we don't just do film. We do uh, we do uh, we did a one act play festival. We we take advantage of our opera house here. We put on shows. We do involve the community and uh, local students and stuff. And we just just um, this past weekend, we did a vaudeville show. Um, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to I was going to ask you about that after the break. So that but that's awesome. That's you continue to keep uh, entertainment in the forefront right there at the Gerald. Right, right. Um, we did, well, it was it's the 100th year anniversary, and so we've been thinking for the past year or so, well, you know, the, the Gerald started out with vaudeville, so let's put on a vaudeville show. So we had basically a uh, review. We had uh, singers. We wrote a bunch of sketches. We found some old uh, vaudeville sketches that we, that we did, as, uh, as well as the new stuff we wrote. And we sort of wrote a backstory to keep the through line where, you know, there's sort of a mystery going on. And it was a lot of fun. Um, we had a great turnout. And uh, we thought, we'd, uh, we thought you know, we, we got that, that uh, aura of vaudeville back in the Gerald, and that was really nice to do. That's so cool. So cool. All you needed was the phantom in the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> Something. So uh, let me take a short break. This, I'm enjoying this very much, and it's very informative. The Wyoiga International Film Festival in Wyoiga, Wisconsin, up near Appleton off of Highway 10 between Appleton and Wapaka. Uh, so if you don't know where it is, look on a map. And if you're anywhere in the area, whether you're Chicago or you're in Canada or you're east or west, you – and you can drive in, drive in. If you want to fly in, fly in. I mean, people do it from around the world. But uh, but but go. It's November 11th through the 14th. That's Wednesday through Saturday, coming up in just about 10 days or something like that. So a uh, uh, week starts a week from tomorrow. Week a week a week. So uh, awesome. So let me take a short break here, Ian, and we'll be right back, and uh, we'll talk more. You are listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name. That's where over 400 hours of interviews and discussions are are, are archived that you can listen to anytime, 24-7. And uh, also RexSykesMovieBeat.me uh, is the, the new blog. But uh, ultimately, if things work out, we will have a full new website blog page with, with everything housed in one place. Uh, but But that's it for there. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We're talking with Ian Teal of the Wyoiga Film Festival. He'll be back in just a moment. And uh, and what we'd like you to do, and there are people in the chat room, you feel free to join us in the chat room, uh, but feel free to uh, spread the word. Even if you're listening right now, you can tweet about it. You can put it on Facebook and say, I'm listening to Ian and Rex talk about movies. I'm talking about the Wyoiga Film Festival. Or some aspect of it that you like or even some aspect of it that you don't like. Because all of this is given to you free, all I want to ask in return is that you help us spread the word and get the word out there. One about 
the show too about my guest and my and the festival that they've got coming up. That would be a wonderful thing to do. Um, I've got other guests coming up in the near future. We're trying to do the shows basically Thursdays next week. Uh, there won't be a show uh, most likely because I'll be at the Wyoming Film Festival and watching a movie Thursday morning. But uh, what we'll but after that, I think next week there may be a Tuesday show. I'm not sure. So, but typically we're trying to do Thursday mornings uh, between eight and eleven Pacific time and Eastern time. So eight a.m. big eleven a.m. Eastern, ten a.m. Central. That is the goal for now: is to get back on track and uh, and to continue with a regular schedule, having been on hiatus for so long. Uh, but we're going to come back and uh, talk with Ian here. Um, Ian, I have um, uh, uh, Marcella, movie angel, is in the chat room, and she said it's very difficult for U.S. filmmakers to get into European film festivals, as some of her friends have tried, and only a few are very successful. And then she just made the comment that, you know, it's not easy anywhere. Yeah, I, um, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, if there's a glut of short films or, or you know, uh, independent films. Um, but like I say, this year, uh, I'm trying to figure out the math, but we we probably we picked roughly, uh, t- you know, 20, 25% of the films submitted. So, you know, for every every five films submitted, one gets in. Um, and it, it it is frustrating because, like I say, this year we turned down a lot of good movies, but there's just not, you know, just not the time to show them all. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with, with the foreign film festivals, um, but uh, uh, one thing that I don't know—I don't know if this is available in the U.S.—but one thing uh, over the past several years, I've developed some relationships with some. Uh, there's a gentleman in Spain who every year sends me a list of films that he's sort of uh, representing or helped get produced. Um, and this year I had a fellow from Germany send me a list of films to screen. And I think from the German films, I selected three and, and the, the Spanish gentleman, um, I selected a couple this year, but every year for the past, almost every festival, um, his name's Eduardo from Maluki films. And every year I've selected some of his films and it's great. Every year I know I can go back to, to Eduardo and he'll send me a list of great shorts. And now I, like I, I have this German uh, gentleman, Marcus. Um, and so there's sort of like consolidators for, you know, independent short films. And I don't know if there's anyone like that in the States, you know, sort of a facilitator, so someone who will help you get your films out to foreign festivals, but that's maybe, if there's not somebody out there doing that, then that's maybe something somebody should look into uh, is, you know, helping filmmakers get their films into foreign festivals um, because it's worked for me on the opposite end with these uh, two gentlemen. And so, uh, like I said, I don't know if anyone is doing that here from the state side going overseas, but if they're not, then maybe somebody should think of doing that um, because it's certain it's, it's I, from a festival director it's great i know i can now send a note to these guys and say hey send me what you got we're looking for films and they're always very you know eager to send me their best films but uh, it's very very cool um so uh there's another film that you're screening called uh it's a i just lost it i'm sorry but it's one that uh, some friends of mine went and saw at, at another festival, and and I was invited along. I couldn't make it, 
And uh, so I'm very interested in seeing it. It's called Peace Officer. Yes, Peace Officer. Um, that's a film that I heard about um, pretty recently and invited it uh, to, to screen. And it's a very timely film. It's um, probably not going to get the facts right, but I'll try and paraphrase it. Um, basically, it's uh, it's set in Utah, in a medium-sized town in Utah, and it follows this gentleman who was the sh- uh, became the sheriff and sometime in the 1970s. And he started a SWAT team because basically the SWAT teams came about during uh, early 70s in L.A. with the Watts riots and stuff. And they thought, well, we need some sort of, you know, urban commando force. So they started the SWAT teams. And so small police forces around the country were starting their own SWAT teams, just, you know, you know, with good intentions. Uh, You know, what if we really have some situation where we need, you know, a bit of more of a militarized police force to handle the situation? So this gentleman started the SWAT team that he went on to become get in politics, local politics, I think as well, state politics. And then sometime uh, in the past five or six years or so, uh, his, he, he, uh, his son-in-law was a, uh, a fireman and he uh, had a temper issue. And one day he, he got a gun and went himself and locked himself into his truck uh, with his gun and, um, so of course the uh, the um, local government set out the SWAT team, and the gentleman who started the SWAT team had n- no affiliation with this anymore. But he basically watched as you know a bystander now as the SWAT team uh, came and basically went nuts on his son-in-law, and who eventually ended up getting killed by one of these SWAT team members, uh, and it was. Not, and not because he was shooting at them or anything, just because they basically uh, it was it was you know chaos. They it was and you have to watch the film to see what happens, but it's it's shocking. Um, so this guy then became a crime scene investigator. This I'm talking about the gentleman who started the SWAT team and such. And now he he goes into these situations where SWAT teams have become overzealous and stuff. And um. um are you there, Rex? Are you there, Rex? I am. I'm, I'm hearing myself. I'm hearing myself. That... Um, that might be on your phone. I don't notice okay. anything here. Okay. But anyhow, so so he goes in there and he examines these these uh, uh, SWAT team instances and discovers that um, um, a lot of times it's the, the police who who are at fault and they're overzealous use of militarization of the police force. And it's a fascinating and, it's a fascinating and disturbing movie, and, disturbing and, uh, and that uh, we're screening that at 8 o'clock, at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Very cool, very cool. Hey, Ian, I apologize. I need to make an announcement that I forgot to make earlier during the break. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make this announcement right now. Sure. And uh, sure. And, and then we'll have it done. Have you ever wanted to work with professional performers on your ultra-low-budget feature film or short films? Well, if you do... In Milwaukee on Sunday, November 8th, at the University of Wisconsin in Mitchell Hall, room B, as in boy 91, there's a free workshop seminar where you can find out how you can have SAG actors and name talent in your projects. And all filmmakers, all the area filmmakers and all filmmaking students are welcome. The workshop's presented by SAG After of Chicago and Kathy Byrne, who is the director of SAG After of Chicago. Uh, will will be there, and she will show you how you can afford to use professional actors in your low-budget feature film. 
And again, it's Sunday, November 8th, 2 p.m., University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Mitchell Hall, B91. There's free street parking, or you can do pay parking at the uh, union parking structure. And uh, uh, I have on uh, the Rex Sykes movie, Beat.me site, there is a an article. If you scroll, it's one of the top two articles. So it's from the Wyoming Film Festival and how to work with professional performers on your low-budget feature film. You can find that. It was October 31st when it was posted. Um, there is an RSVP to make sure that you're coming to Kathy Burnett SAG AFTRA. Um, and we'd like to, she'd like those by Friday at the very latest uh, of the week. I don't know what that makes it. That makes it the sixth. So, um, so join us, join her and, uh, and, and find out how you can put professional talent in your productions. And uh, um, maybe I'll mention that again at the end of the show. But uh, if you're a local area, if you're in Wisconsin and uh, you're in Milwaukee, you're a film student or a filmmaker, professional or amateur, uh, come on down and be there. All right. Sorry about that, Ian. It's okay. You, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that workshop very much because a lot of people don't know that they can use uh, name talent. A friend of mine is directing a feature right here. He's got another friend, Barry Bostwick, in the movie. He's got Mark Metcalf, who used to live in Milwaukee. from. Uh, but uh, Well, let me put Barry was from... Uh, Spin City. He played the mayor in Spin City. He's also from Rocky Horror Picture Show, and uh, he was here recently uh, shooting uh, the feature film. Uh, Mark Metcalf, who is prominently known from um, Animal House as Niedemeyer, who used to live in Milwaukee, uh, flew back to film, as did some others. So, uh, you know, you can, you can do it. You know, d- don't be shy. Don't worry about it. You can do it. <laughs> so, um, and, and this workshop will teach you how. All right. So we have, um, you know, about 20 minutes left or so. And uh, let, let me ask you this, Ian. So you've got features. We've talked about some of the features that you're showing. And then you've got documentaries and you've got shorts. What kind of proportions are there um, from narrative feature to documentary to, to short films? Have you? Um, oh, I haven't, I haven't done the numbers, but I would say that um, – Majority of our films Majority are shorts. Films are if you're going short. by numbers, going by and, numbers. Then, um, and then um, we probably have we half probably a dozen have uh, narrative uh, features and half a dozen or five or six documentary features. And then the, the um, remainder are shorts. But then amongst the shorts, we have narrative shorts. We have documentary shorts. I think we have six or seven animated shorts. Um. Um. So, like I said, I haven't done the numbers, but there's a good mix. There's a good mix. Uh, it's, 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 it's very cool. And a friend of mine contacted me and said, oh, i got to get up there for polyfaces. Yes. Um, um, that, is, that is a fascinating that is, film. That is showing Thursday at 5.15 in, in the afternoon. It is uh, it about is, uh, a film, I, I believe it's in Virginia. And this family started a, a, a farm... Um, so I think um, they have several hundred acres, have several but hundred acres. totally sustainable, totally and they have a unique way of doing things where they'll raise, where they'll raise uh, cattle, uh, cattle and pig and, and chickens, and every day and or every other day they'll rotate them around the field. So whatever the whatever the cow did to that cow did to the field, then the pigs come in and do what they do, and then the chickens come in and they do what they do, and it's completely sustainable, and it's and it's. And they only sell their food within like a hundred mile radius of their farm. 
And it's quite it's quite a fascinating study because it's sort of the opposite of where our country has been going to. Although there has been a huge surge in organic farming and stuff lately, but these people sort of take take it to the ultimate. And some people say it's the best farm in the world. And in fact, I just got a call yesterday. Some of the people in the film are actually going to be attending attending the screening. So that that's kind of I don't know how they're coming from Virginia to Wisconsin, but they will be here. And it's also um, you know, being in Wisconsin, here we are in agricultural society. If you're into farming at all, this is the film to see. Polyface is at 5.15 on Thursday, November 12th. And the reason it's called Polyface is because it's a farm of many faces. So they came up with that name, Polyface. Awesome. Awesome. Um and I don't know. I don't know if you've you've got the information on this for to give out, but the Saturday morning uh, seminar or, or panel. Yes. Um, yes. We, um, have, um, we have um, a, a screenwriter a screenwriter, uh, uh, screenwriting seminar by Jim Breckenridge, who is uh, given these uh, writing seminars around the country. He will be there from uh, 10 to about 10.30 or so, and then the rest of our gang is going to come on, including yourself, Rex, uh, Dan Davies, and Craig Knitt, who are two Appleton filmmakers. And again, we're going to talk about the state of uh, independent filmmaking in Wisconsin for another hour or so. And that that's part of the festival. It's part of the admission, and that is uh, 10 a.m. Saturday the 14th. So screenwriting and then state of independent film in Wisconsin will follow. Right. Right. Uh, one other uh, note, I just I just received an email from. Uh, uh, you're in the film. Uh, Rex is in one of our films this year. Uh, a dubious night. A dubious night. And I just got an email from Nelson Oliveras, and he says he will be here for the screening. Oh, fantastic. Nelson's a great guy. Uh, we worked together on that and some other things, and, and uh, he directed Dubious Night. And uh, so he directed me, and I'm a, I'm a cantankerous drunk, so over-the-top yep. cantankerous yep. drunk. Well, Chris, I think we're that. showing that Friday the 13th afternoon. Sort of, I've, I wasn't quite, I plugged that into the thriller genre, so, and it have a, has a bit of a sci-fi bent to it, too, I guess. So we're, we're showing so that on Friday the 13th. Well, cool. And it'll be good to see Nelson there and any of the other cast and crew members from A Dubious Night or other projects that uh, we've all been working on together. Uh, you know, it'd be great to have them all come to the Waiwega Film Festival. In fact, if if you're a friend of mine and you haven't seen A Dubious Night, then you owe it to me <laughs> to get up there and see it. You owe it to yourself to, to attend the Waiwega Film Festival because it's a great festival. It truly is a great festival, and you'll have lots of fun, and you'll see lots of great movies, and, and you've got the panels, and you'll connect with lots of great people. Uh, truly, truly, it is. It, I, I look. There are two festivals I look forward to every year, and they're they're weeks apart from each other. And one is the Flyway Film Festival in Pepin, and the other is the Waiwega Film Festival. And they both are different. They have, they have. Uh, how can I put it? They have different but similar feels in that they celebrate film and the filmmaker and the film fans together. They're not just trying to get people, you know, in seats and, and count numbers of how many heads did we get this year? You know, it, it truly is a, it, it, it is a gathering of people who 
um, enjoy the art and the business of filmmaking and the viewing of films. So uh, both are both are lovely festivals, and I and I'm I'm looking forward to being there next week. Well, thank you, Rex. It's well, thank a you, Rex. nice uh, <laughs> nice thing to say, nice about, thing our to say about our festival. Well, it's it's the, I only speak the truth, and the um, the the one I think what have I been I've been there like is this my fourth year there now? So third or fourth year, and third uh, and fourth, every year. Yeah. Every year, you know, it's it's bigger and better and more fun, and uh, and uh, and meeting new people and and uh, having a, a wonderful time. So uh, I do. I invite you out. Uh, the ticket price is worth it. And uh, as but 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 don't but don't don't be misled by the low ticket price. It's worth far more than what they're charging you to be there. Far far more than what they're charging you to be there. I I would agree. Oh no! I mean seriously. I mean, you know, you could charge four, three or four times the amount for what you do. And well, we, uh, at you least, know, we, the, the thing I know a lot of festivals charge per film, and we, you know, we're showing films all day, and it would just be too chaotic to to try and do that. So we just, you know, we said let's make it easy, and and it's something we've stuck with, and we probably will continue to stick with. You well, know, come it, and watch it, movies yeah, all day and hang out. Day and hang out. Yeah, no, it works. It works. It works because it's easy on you and it's easy on the pocketbook of the people who like movies. Right. So, right. you know, if you're if you're a student in Milwaukee or Madison or Green Bay or heck, Lacrosse, I mean, if you're anywhere in the state for thirty dollars for four days, that's a bargain. I mean, make a make the drive. Come on in for a day or two or whatever you can. It's, you know, and uh, and be there. Um, what, just one, one more one thought about uh, the short films. I don't know. You know, people don't always have an opportunity to see short movies other than at film festival. And I have to say, we have a lot of excellent short films this year. Uh, some of our best films are, are short. And nice thing about short is you can you can get a taste of you know. Uh, you know what it's like in you Italy, Switzerland, like or, or France, or India, and what their filmmaking and their is, filmmaking storytelling is like there, and that, like that's what that's makes that's it international, makes really international, because really a lot of our shorts are international, shorts films. international films. Um, and again, like I said again, before, like is you know I don't think there's a bad film on the butt. You can you can stay all day and watch one good film after another. That's awesome, and and. You have a classic that you're showing about Leop- Leopold and Loeb. Uh, yeah, that was a, the, uh, a horrific, uh, a horrific case that that was based on a true story in Orson Welles stars. And right, uh, it's, right. it's a film uh, compulsion, which is basically a, a courtroom drama with uh, Orson Welles at the top of his game, and uh, that is our. Thursday afternoon Thursday film at, at Thursday, November 12th at 1.30 p.m., and that is introduced by our local film historian, Dr. Jack Rhodes, and that is a that is a free screening, so you can come and see that film for free, um, and then stay if you want, buy a ticket, or or leave. <laughs> but you can also, you can also buy food and drink. Right, but you can buy food and drink while you're there. Right. And yeah. we do well, that in cool. a film with conjunction as the uh, Wapaka Library has a monthly film series. 
And so every year we've done a film. Instead of doing the film at their library on that Thursday, we do our we do their Thursday afternoon film at our film festival. Awesome. And Jack uh, Jack helps us decide what film to show, and, and he introduces it. And Jack is very entertaining. He's hugely knowledgeable about films, and he'll talk for about 15, 20 minutes before and after the film, and very entertaining and knowledgeable. That is true. That is very true. Also, um, before I forget, I want to welcome the people who are – in the chat room, those who have joined us and uh, and those who continue to join us, thank you for being here and for listening. Um, I, I I'm reluctant to ask because you didn't say it, but I but I'm assuming that compulsion is not a 35 millimeter print. No, it is not. No, it is not. Right. We, we couldn't. We couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't. I don't know. If there's one out there. I don't know. There. If there's one out uh, there. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I just I just thought I'd check, but you know that that's. Uh, um, Neither here nor there, but uh, it's yeah. an excellent movie. I, I, you know, I saw that movie when I was a kid. I mean, and, and it's a disturbing, a disturbing feature, uh, because of what these people did and and wh- how and why right. they did it. And right. and uh, and uh, so, if you've never seen Compulsion, if you don't know anything about Le- Leopold and Loeb, uh, they were historical people. Uh, they did something gruesome, and, uh, and they got caught essentially. But uh, but you got to see it because they thought they were committing the perfect crime. Right. Right. Well, let's see. Is there anything else we need to cover that we haven't covered? Um, well, well, I just I wanted to mention our uh, closing night film. Yes, please. Which is, uh, Which is uh, frame by frame. Frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a documentary about photojournalism in, in Afghanistan. Basically, uh, during the Taliban regime, photography was banned. So there's no there's no photographic record of when the Taliban was in, in control there. And so since uh, the U.S. has come in and, and knocked back the Taliban a bit, there's been some young photojournalists there who are going around and taking, you know, documenting and taking some amazing photos. And one of them actually won... Um, I don't, oh, what was it? It was some. I don't. Was the Nobel Prize or something? Or, I don't, no, it's not a Nobel Prize for photography, but it won some big award. So it's a beautifully shot movie, following these photojournalists. And the really scary thing is, the Taliban is now starting to gain strength in Afghanistan, and, and these photojournalists are feeling the effect of it. So basically, it's, it's an up-to-date movie about what is now going on in Afghanistan from the inside. Beautifully shot, um, and kind of a you know scary story about the oppression that's going on there. That seems like it will probably go on forever because Afghanistan is has always been a mess. And it seems like it's sort of destined to be that way. But that is our closing night film. It's a great movie, another must see, and that is uh, seven thirty on Saturday night, and that will be followed by our award ceremony where we'll have some some free appetizers and uh, some free free film talk, and uh, we're also going to have a little jazz quartet there Saturday. Oh, how cool! Uh, Saturday evening. How cool! Well, and and uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in history a little bit. Because uh, people may or may not know, uh, but if they're from Wisconsin and from the Appleton area, one of the movies that premiered uh, essentially, kind of, uh, at your festival was uh, Bucky and the Squirrels by Alan Katz, director from Los Angeles, a veteran television writer and director that produced 
in Wisconsin, uh, shot primarily uh, in and about the Appleton area at Lawrence University. And uh, uh, people from Hollywood and cast, of, again, going back to the Screen Actors Guild, uh, Screen Actors came in and and, uh, and populated this movie, the main cast, and then there were local hires and, and local crew hires and things like that. Uh, but that was one of the movies that screened there last year, and Alan flew in from Los Angeles to accompany the movie. They later had a, another premiere in Appleton at, at the movie theater when the movie was, uh, and for Lawrence. But uh, but that's the kind of thing that that uh, that you do. You know, you uh, you uh, create a climate where someone from Los Angeles is going to come in and go. You know what? I, I'm going to fly in. I I want to be in Wisconsin. I want my movie seen. You know, it's a Wisconsin-made movie, and 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 you provided that opportunity and and celebrated that opportunity, and um, you know, and then of course people from from cast and crew and families and and that came to the festival to 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 see what was going on and to see the movie that their right. their friends and right. relatives have worked in. Right, and it was a it was a lot of fun. It was almost like a family event because all these people that had worked on the film came together again and got to appreciate their hard work. Very true. Very true. So um, uh, we are just about out of time. And uh, I, I wanted to say also we should give a shout out to Kathy, Kathy Fell, who's co-director with you in this and, and, and with the Opera House and, and joint efforts that uh, and the movie that you made, Mint Julep and, and other things. Um, but you you both are very active year round, not only with the festival, but with the other uh, projects and uh, programs uh, and active in the arts community and things like that right there in Wyawiga. And it's, I, I, I mean, I've known you now for, you know, at least the three or four years that, that uh, I've been attending the festival. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm really pleased that you're there. I would rather have you in Milwaukee where you're closer to where I am much of the time, but I'm happy that you're there. You, you offer an incredible festival and you offer an incredible opportunity for people to explore the arts and to to celebrate the arts and to come together uh, for a variety of good and healthy reasons. And so I do it for you. I appreciate you and Kathy and all that you do for the for the community and for the state. Well, well, thank, you. And another, thank you. Another big part another of our, our goal part is to involve youth, uh, youth, you know, school uh, school age kids as well as college right. kids in our programs to. You know, get, give them a feel for the arts, and if it's something they want to pursue, then hey, great, we're here to support you and show you and teach you. Um, and and for instance, with our vaudeville show this past week, we had all kinds of kids involved. And uh, next year, we're going to be starting a film workshop uh, with with kids, and hopefully that will culminate in a culminate in a film that we can screen at the festival. That's awesome because that is something that you and Kathy and I and even Alan last year have been talking about for some time. So yep. if if yep. if 2016 is the year that this happens, it'll be a banner year. Yes. Yes. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. All right. So, uh, Ian, the uh, festival is November 11th through the 14th. That's Wednesday through Saturday. That's coming up, you said, a week and a day from now. Because it's a week, it starts next Wednesday. It's in right. Wyoiga, Wisconsin. That's off of Highway 10 between Wapaka and Appleton. It's this essentially central eastern side of the state, or I guess more. 
again, that's how you We're we're about 25 miles west of Appleton and 25, 30 miles northwest of Oshkosh. Yep. So they're 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 off of uh, what is it? 41, 41, Highway and 10. 10, and Highway 10. No, but I mean 41 goes up through Oshkosh and Appleton yeah, up, yeah, up you north. Take, you take uh, 41 to Oshkosh, then 45 northwest that merges in the Highway 10, or right, or Highway 10, 10 out of uh, out of Green Bay, or Highway 10 through Stevens Point the other direction. Right. That's the, either way, west or east, you're bound. You 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 will find Wyoiga. And uh, and so that's coming up next week. Uh, Ian and Kathy have a Facebook page, the Wire Week International Film Festival Facebook page. They're both on Facebook themselves. Uh, go look up the festival. Uh, do you? You're on Twitter too, aren't you? Yeah, I don't use yeah, it as much as I should, but once in a while, we I remember to get something out there. So uh, everybody who's listening, we hope to see you at the festival. If you can't make the festival, at least you can tweet about the festival or Facebook about the festival or share it by word of mouth. And uh, I appreciate uh, your doing so. Ian, it's been a great pleasure. I'll see you next week for sure. And I'm looking I'm looking forward to it immensely. Thank you, Rex. And thank you, thank so, you, much Rex, you so much for your time. All right. And best to you and Kathy today. I'll call you back in a little bit just to say hey and 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 uh, and chat. And then uh, and then but for now, we'll 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 say so long. All right, thank you. Goodbye. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Mr. Ian Teal, uh, truly, uh, I'm glad to have him here. And it's a fun fest. You need to go. If you at all can go, you should go. And and don't miss it. You will be glad that you did. Also, uh, a reminder that on November 8th coming up is the SAG After Workshop at the University of Wisconsin. It's Sunday the 8th at 2 p.m., about two and a half hours. There may even be some finger food and some snacks there. It's absolutely free. Uh, we ask that you RSVP, so you don't have to, but we prefer that you RSVP so we can keep track of people. Um, the information you can find at RexSykesMovieBeat.me, RexSykesMovieBeat.me. There's a, an article on say how you can have professional actors in your low-budget film or your shorts. Also on my pages, on Facebook, and there are numerous ones. There's my profile page, there's Wisconsin Film Jobs, there's Midwest Filmmakers and Filmmaking, there's the Serum page, there's Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook, and there's the Filmmakers Network. So there's numerous places where you can find out both about Wyoiga Film Festival, the International Film Festival, and the upcoming SAG workshop that is this Sunday. And if you make movies, if you're a student or a professional filmmaker in the area, you're going to want to attend this SAG workshop and find out how you can put talent and even name talent in your low-budget films. All right. So um, check it out. And check out Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. That is a, a like page. You go there, you like it. And the Filmmakers Network is a group page. On uh, It's Filmmakers Network. It's like producers, directors, actors, writers, or something like that. I, forget, I can't even keep track of my own pages. I want to thank you all for listening and for tuning in and for spreading the word. Um, the show has always been done with you in mind to get the information from pros out there so that you and I and everyone else can make our films and make our dreams come true. And so that has been the goal. There's over 400, maybe 500 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise right there on my site, RexSykes.com. I also have a YouTube page. And this, listen up, please. 
I have a YouTube page. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and that's a channel. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and there's a channel. On that page are video discussions that I have with some of the celebrities who've been on my show, on my radio show, and, uh, and their video. And what I do is I Skype these guests into my classroom at the University of Wisconsin, and, and we have a conversation. It's rough. It's raw. It's not edited. It's just, you know, uh, two people conversing with some students asking questions. But if you like Rex Ike's Movie Beat, the podcast, you have an option also to watch a video. And we've got some great people there. So I invite you to check it out on YouTube. It's Rex Ike's Movie Beat channel. So, everybody, I'm, I'm, I thank Ian Teal for being here, and I thank Ian and Kathy for putting on the Wyoming International um, Film Festival. I thank you, the readers and the listeners of Movie Beat. We've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned. And please do keep sharing this website and all these discussions with uh, your friends and your contacts. You can become a member of the Filmmakers Network on Facebook, or you can like the page of Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook. You can follow Rex Sykes Movie BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. All right, there you have it. Everyone have a fabulous day until we meet again the next time. Make your movies and complete your projects. That is a wrap.